Ciao, mamas. Welcome to the Outlets of Joy podcast. I am your half Italian host, Christina Stevenson. I am a meal creator, food coach, and mom to three shin kickers. If you are a mom who wants to know how to ditch prepackaged food and cook with ingredients you can pronounce, you are in the right place. I love talking about healthy food and how you can create healthy meals for your family in about 30 minutes without opening a frozen package of dino nuggets. Also, if you are a mom who struggles with being a mom, you are in the right place again. I don't enjoy being a mom and I love my kids. I needed a safe place to put that and I found one right here on my podcast. I was tired of feeling depressed, anxious, and unfulfilled with motherhood. And one day I decided that I had had enough. I found a few things to help me feel better. Now I want to share those things with you and help you find and shine your brightest light again too. This podcast is a place where I help moms find their shimmer through clean eating, finding ways to make you feel more optimistic, inspired, and fulfilled, and making you laugh. Now let's turn up that dimmer and find our shimmer. Hello, John. Good morning. Good morning, Christina. I'm so glad you were open to being interviewed. I find you one of the most interesting new friends that I have, and I'm so glad I get to find out more about you. Oh my God, you're so sweet. Okay, for my listeners out there, this is an interview. Instead of me interviewing somebody, John, my friend John, who is an absolutely brilliant and dazzling human being, is going to be interviewing me because he had the thought of, you know, sometimes it's hard to talk um, about a subject when you don't have a person that you're talking to. And he thought it would be a good idea if he offered his, I guess, support and um, interviewed me so that my listeners can get to know me a little bit better. Is that so? hundred percent. I mean, they're already <laughs> following you. They're already listening to you. And, you know, as much as they love hearing about all the stuff that you're talking about, they also may probably want to get to know you better. Uh, I know I do. So I'm glad we're here. I'm glad you're here too, John. All right. So, uh, yeah, so I'm gonna, yeah. What's your first one? <laughs> well, I mean, in general, <laughs> I'm seeing all of your interaction with food, your ability to be excited about food and your perspective on how you look at food is just so unique. What part of food did it, did, what part did food play in your life growing up? Oh, that's a good question. I love it. And, and I'm so proud of the fact that my mother is an immigrant from Italy. Oh, so she, yes. She came over on a boat when she was two years old. Wow. And so um, luckily I was surrounded by food, really good food my whole life. Yes. I grew up, I grew up in my childhood in Buffalo, which of course is close oh. to Toronto, yes. which is where you live. And I used yes. to go to Little Italy in Toronto with my grandmother. Oh. And we used to just, you know, go get the coffee and the and uh, just, you know, the pastries and just walk around. And it was such a happy memory of me living in Buffalo. Yes. Uh, and then we moved to Albany and my mother still continued to make really good food. And I would help her in the kitchen when I was little. So I would, you know, squeeze the lemons or oh. peel the garlic and chop it like that. And of course, at so the time, cute. I'm like, oh, God, I'm just so sick of this. But anyway, <laughs> I did it anyway. And, and it yes. served me well. And then my mother would have these enormous dinner parties, I don't know, wow. once a month, twice a month, mm. where she would just cook and cook and cook for like, I don't know, 20 people. So for Thanksgiving, she had 20 people. And, you know, yes. my mother is, she's up there in age, mm. <laughs> you know, and she's still doing it. She loved it. So that's kind of what set the tone for my whole life. Yes. Um, but, but then 
then something happened where I went to college and I got into the junk food and then I became very overweight. And I remember this portion of my life very vividly where um, I signed up to run a half marathon mm-hmm. and I gained weight running the half marathon. And oh. that was because I was eating the wrong foods. And I'll never forget this embarrassing moment where my stepsister was getting married and she had us come in for a dress fitting before she got married. Right. And then maybe like four weeks before the wedding, I don't, I don't remember. And mm. then you go in, you know, just before the wedding yes. to get fitted. Yes. And I ended up gaining so much weight the same time I was running this half marathon that they had to put an extra panel on my dress mm. because I'd gotten so fat and it was oh, awful. Yeah. It was so terribly awful. Mm. And my parents at the time got me a personal trainer because they were noticing that I was gaining weight. And, and then mm. I got depressed and unhappy oh, and yeah. I couldn't figure out why. But I remember that snack whales in the 90s were a big deal. I don't even know if they mm. make them anymore. But snack whales was a type of cookie where there was no fat. Uh, but they loaded them with sugar, but I really didn't know this at the time. Oh, so ended up running a half marathon. I got fatter and nothing was working. <clears throat> so, um, let me fast forward a lot of years after mm. that. So I, I was kind of like, okay, you know, I was kind of teetering. I had, I had lost weight, but you know, I wasn't really healthy for my mm. height and, and I'm about five, seven. So I, I was, I was like 225 pounds. And for a woman who is five, seven, that's really not cool. And my blood pressure was going up. Mm. Um, I was at risk for type two diabetes, um, you know, and, and, and my energy was low and stuff like that. Mm. So it was really, 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 really bad. But then I had moved to Northern Virginia to get a job in Washington, DC. And there oh. is when I took up yoga, right? Oh. And yoga changed my life. I lost, I mean, I don't know, 50, 75 pounds after doing yoga. And then yoga gave me the awareness to really know what I was putting into my body in terms of food. Mm -hmm. It gave me awareness of, of the relationships in my life, which Mm -hmm. ones were good, which ones did not feel good. Wow. What I wanted in my career, the whole, the whole nine. Mm. So um, after that, you know, I started to gain some self-confidence and and all that other stuff. And so then this is the, the really pivotal point here. So I moved back home to upstate New York, where I'm originally from, Albany. Mm-hmm. And I met my current husband there. And I got pregnant with my first daughter when I was 39 years old. And Whoa. I attribute, I, yeah, I attribute the yoga and, and, the, and the better eating, you yeah. know, that, you know, everything was able to work that well. I wasn't on fertility drugs or anything. The plumbing wow. just worked because I, I feel like I, I took really good care of myself. Yes. And so while I was pregnant with my first daughter, I enrolled in health coaching school. Uh, through the Institute for Integrative Nutrition in New York City. And it was an online-based course. Yes. And there, it was the 12 months of school. I learned so much. I learned about 100 dietary theories and how the spokes on the wheel in terms of health, you know, food, spirituality, career, relationships, financial, fiscal health was all a part of wellness. It wasn't just the food that you put in your mouth, right? So then I gave birth to my daughter and I realized uh, my my body was unable to nurse. So I was physically incapable of nursing, even though that was my first and preferred option. Yes. So um, 
much to my dismay, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with this, but I did not want to put her on commercial formula, but I felt like I had to. I didn't know my other options out there. No, for sure. <clears throat> and after having gone through health coaching school, I realized the importance of reading ingredient labels. And, and I saw the ingredients on a commercial formula canister, yes. and it was absolutely horrendous. Uh -huh. There was corn syrup and a whole bunch of things I couldn't pronounce. And oh, the list was about no. a mile long, right? Wow. So she, she went on it. And um, she ended up being allergic to it. She had a casein and whey allergy, okay. which, is, which is an allergy to the milk proteins. It's Correct. not a lactose allergy. Mm -hmm. It's just a milk protein allergy. That's right. And so we changed her formula for the second time. Same thing. This time it became worse and she started to bleed oh. internally. Oh. So my little girl was, was just born. Yeah. Bleeding internally, screaming all the time, crying because her yeah. stomach was in such turmoil. And yeah. me being a new mom, all hormonal, I mean, fatigued, you know, yes. all that stuff. I was, I was just out of my mind. Oh, for sure. Um, four formulas later, and we tried the, the hypoallergenic one. Didn't oh, work, of course, no, right? Of course, yeah. So I thought there's got to be a better way. So I remember during my health coaching school you know, that there was options. So I finally researched one and I found a dairy-free baby formula recipe, but I found nobody else who did it. And there was this one website with a lady who made it in a video. I reached out to her, but she never reached out back to me. I reached out to some other people and nobody got back to me. Wow. I, asked, I asked my then pediatrician, I'm like, how do you feel about this? She did not condone it at all. Whoa. Um, but the thing... There was only eight ingredients on this sure. formula yeah. and I knew what they all were and what they yes. all did. And yes. so when I compared it to the mile long list of ingredients on the baby oh, formula, I'm like, literally. this can't be worse. Right. No. So um, I talked to my husband about it and he, and he said, I trust you. And I said, okay. So on a wing and a prayer, I gathered all the ingredients. I made it and I gave it to her. And within 45, I'm sorry, 24 hours her bleeding stopped. And I never looked back. She was eight weeks old. Christina. I know. That's my oh. like greatest accomplishment of my lifetime. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, okay. First of all, <laughs> if I was new to your world, I would never have known your struggle, your personal struggle with unhealthy eating. You just look like the embodiment of healthiness in general, how you look, how you express yourself. And so thank you for sharing that part of your journey, because I, I can understand why you appreciate good food so much now because of what you went through. And I would have just assumed that you've been like this your whole life, but mm -hmm. now everything makes that much more sense. Mm -hmm. And then second, just wow, you listening to your intuition and believing in the difference that what we consume would really make. And you did this for your daughter. I did. I did. Wow. And then I gave it to my son without batting an eye. I actually brought the formula into the hospital and I had it. People were looking at me sideways. I'm like, oh, this is my, my baby formula. Da, 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 da. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. And then here he goes. And they turned out to be really healthy, fat babies. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and my daughter's nine. My son is almost eight and they're just fine. Oh. And so it was then that I realized, okay, yeah. food is medicine. Yes. And, and then it got serious for me. Well, and then it I got mean, serious for my family. Yes, as it should be. And there must have been generations, like millennials of, you know, of people who have survived and been very, very healthy 
on just what we were provided. All of this new commercially produced things, mm. it all happened in the last 100 years. In a very nice way, scientists have no idea any impact that these things have on the human body because there's no proof, but there's proof of millennials of people existing with, you know, with formulas of how to create or recipes of creating good and healthy food for babies or for, you know, adults. And cancer wasn't really a big thing in the past. Eczema was really a big thing in the past. So many things, you know, are issues now because of food and you figured it out. I try. And it's a battle every day. I mean, the industrial revolution, like you mentioned, really put food in boxes mm. and it was, you know, they were trying to save people time. Cause I think, you know, um, you know, the whole, the whole scene where now women are working and, and the convenience of it, right. Everybody wants convenience because women are working full time. Whereas yeah. back in our grandparents day, they really didn't. Mm. And, and back in our grandparents day, they, that was the time where they made really good food Yeah, because they didn't have all the boxes. No. And um, it's just so, so my expertise, my specialty is teaching people how to ditch the prepackaged foods and cook with ingredients you can pronounce. And being Italian, mm. my mother made things that were not complicated, really. I mean, sliced tomatoes, some extra virgin olive oil, some salt, and there you go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the Italians yes. got it. Got it, got it really good with the food. 100%. Because, because it's, it's, it's kind of like that really wherever you go. It's really not complicated. They don't add a zillion oh. ingredients. And when I see, what I hear people are saying like, oh my gosh, I can't cook. Guess what? You really don't need to know how to cook. You just need to wow. get the fresh ingredients. But people don't even, it, it goes even further. So I have a whole bunch of friends who don't really know how to prep, prepare broccoli. Okay. And, and, and for me, that comes naturally. And I was so shocked not in a bad way, but I'm like, oh my gosh, so I have to really go back to the beginning. So you yes. take a stock, and I'm not talking broccoli crowns. You take a stock no, of broccoli no. and you actually yes. peel it. I made a video on it. I have a little YouTube channel. I made a video how you pre- prepare broccoli because people didn't know how to do that. And I was like, no. oh, well, this is why people aren't eating healthy because they don't yes. know what to do with it. Yes. And so, we don't um, have the communities that we used to have no. that we would be born in where we would watch our grandma or whatever do things and be a little right. child and learn how to do things in the kitchen. And, you know, kids are now being put on sports teams and extracurricular activities. And then parents are just providing, you know, either bought food or, you know, prepared mm-hmm. food for them. There isn't the opportunity to be involved in this way as a very, very short sidetrack. You know, I Marie Kondo had this whole like tidying oh, up her. thing that happened. <laughs> yes, and yes. I remember watching the show and being like, what? These people don't know how to organize? Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me because growing up, my mom would make me go and clean my room and then she would inspect it. And she would say, this, oh. this is wrong. Go and fix it. And Christina, we would go five Brilliant. Rounds, five oh, rounds. I love her. I Please send her, her over to I my house. Young. Yeah. She would just be like, okay, now this and this and this is still wrong. And I'm just kind of like, mom, I just want to go watch TV. Can you stop? Like, but I learned how to organize. And so yeah. organizing is second nature to me now because my mother gave me that wisdom that shared that kind mm. of thing with me, just like your mother shared cooking with you and let you realize how easy it is. And also it became second nature to you. Mm-hmm. And so for the people who are listening right now, who have a mindset that, cooking is hard because they go to a restaurant and they eat this beautiful meal, but it feels like it's so hard to do. And, you know, you may have been there at one point where it was easier and faster to eat pre-made stuff. Yeah. How, how did you change your mindset to, okay, let's go back to, you know, it's, it's not that hard. It doesn't take a ton of time. I actually can do this. 
Mm-hmm. And what would you say to the listeners now who, who are inspired to go the way that you are, but still feel like it's a little bit more difficult? I'm glad you asked that question too, because I've, I've, I've in my community, I've had questions about Christina, give me ideas for some 30 minute meals. And I'll yeah. say, okay, here we go. If you want to really up your food game without really yeah. knowing how to cook, you start with vegetables always. Yes. And there are so many ways to prepare vegetables and to eat vegetables. What I love to say to people is that um, there's these things called sheet pan dinners. I don't know if you've heard of them, but they're kind no. of trendy right now. Cool. You take a big sheet pan and you take a whole bunch of vegetables, maybe three. You cut them up. You put them on the sheet pan, drizzle them with olive oil and some um, salt and pepper, whatever, garlic powder, onion powder, whatever spices that you want. And you put them in an oven at 375 and you just roast them until they're done. Done. So the oven does it for you. And if, yeah. if you're not if you're not a vegetable chopper, if you don't know to chop how to chop an onion or how to prepare asparagus or potatoes or carrots or whatever, then they have these stuff already prepackaged and cut up for you. Yes. So I highly recommend you just put them all in a cookie sheet. Like I said, drizzle them with oil and stick them in the oven. And then you have that too. Wow. Also, soups are the king of 30 minute meals. So, so if you don't know how to make soup, but soup is the most forgiving, easy thing to make ever. But if you don't know how to make soup, I highly recommend that you get the one in the cardboard boxes, the low sodium cardboard boxes kind instead of the ones in the can. Yes. And if, if you're, if you want to attempt to make soup, what I always do is I start with a base of one sweet onion, one stalk of celery and a handful of baby carrots, or maybe like two chopped two chopped um, and peeled medium carrots, right? Totally, yes. You chop those up and you put them all into a, a pan with some olive oil and that's your base. And you just let them saute like a medium heat for maybe five, no seven minutes, way. right? Okay. And then here's the, here's the best part. Then you get whatever vegetable of choice that you want. It could be asparagus, it could be broccoli, it could be cauliflower, it could be tomatoes, it could be spinach. So fine, right there, but yeah. only pick one, only pick okay. one and put it in the pot. And then you add six cups of broth. If you're not into broth, then you use water, but broth will taste better. There's vegetarian broth that you can buy the box stuff, right? Yes, yes, yes. Um, but if you're really into it, you can make your own, but that's a story for another day. Okay. <laughs> so, so, and then you just make the soup, you bring it to a boil, simmer it for 20 minutes, and you put it in the blender. And there you have a soup right there, less than 30 minutes. What? So, so, and I don't know if, are you, a, are you a cook? I think you cook, right? You cook I blueberry do cook. pancakes? Yeah, I do okay. cook, but that's brilliant. I don't cook the stuff that you're talking about though. So this is all super cool. Well, thanks. Uh, my husband just came in. <laughs> I'm just oh, I love it. That's so cute. That's good. Um, but yeah, so I want to tell people, you, you really don't have to be a chef to get healthy meals. There's a whole bunch of healthy meals in the store prepackaged, you know, like a shrimp, is already yes. cooked. Oh, you can wow. buy prepared salads, yes. but definitely start with the vegetables. And, if, and, and also I get the thing where people say, oh, I don't like vegetables unless they're, you know, dipped in whatever ranch or whatever. And that's mm. not healthy. And what I'm saying to you is if you need some Velveeta cheese sauce <laughs> to cover your veggies or some ranch to dip your ve- veggies in, or some chocolate sauce to dip your veggies in, get them in. I don't care if you have to <laughs> drown them. And I love just it. get them in, get them in because what will eventually happen is your body will self-correct. 
Yes. And eventually your body will need less and less of the bad stuff because your body, you will start to oh. notice. You'll start to notice that your body feels better. And you're like, what? oh, okay, well, and it will start getting the nutrition that it needs. So it won't go for these empty calories. It won't go for this oh. to try to fill the void because your brain and your gut will work simultaneously to say to you, oh, we are getting nutrition now. We don't need all the junk. Oh. Holy cow. That is so that's so... what I love to tell people. Yes, because it's a process. <laughs> As it a is. transition from one to another, and you're not asking anybody to go cold turkey. You're literally no. helping people go from one take baby steps into this more healthy living that you live, and it's possible. You've done it, and I love that you're breaking it down for the listeners of how they can do it too. Well, thanks. It's easy, and I hate the word diet, so I never want anybody to use the word diet because diet implies restriction. No. When in fact, originally it didn't, because when, no. you, when you say when you say oh, the diet of a turtle, right? People yes. automatically think, what does the turtle eat, right? Yes. Or when you say the, the diet of a cheetah, you know, yes. what does the cheetah eat? It's and now, true. you know, when you say, what's the diet of a human, people automatically just think a diet is restrictive. Correct. And that's why I don't like to use it. And plus, you know, when I'm coaching people, I don't tell them to stop anything. Because mm. if you stop something, then your mind will start to to agonize over it yes. and to start focusing on it and to want totally. it more. Totally. So if you just fill your body with more and more good stuff, like you know, yep. water and vegetables, eventually what will happen, you know, oh. high quality oils, people are afraid to eat oils and avocados and olives and nuts. But I'll tell you, I never met a person who got fat from eating too many avocados. No, or too many walnuts. And the thing yeah. is, you don't need a lot, you know, a handful of walnuts, right? And it fits in the palm of your hand. Once oh, you start okay. eating all this healthy stuff, you know, though your, your your gut will become so satisfied and it will send a message to your brain that you don't have to eat that stuff anymore. Yes. Oh my goodness, Christina, That's I feel I like love. we're just scratching the surface of this because you know so it's, much. You know, I didn't think I did, but, but I think maybe I know that's like maybe a little bit more than maybe, you know, well, Maybe a little sure. bit more than average. <laughs> and that's all we really need. I mean, you make this very approachable. It's not like you're this big researcher, medical person who's kind of like, no. okay, this and that. You're literally a mother who is trying mm -hmm. to keep things simple and keep things manageable. And you're able to show other mothers how to do that. That's brilliant. I try to do it. And the kid thing is really hard because kids love junk food, of course. Yes. But there are options for that. And mm -hmm. in fact... In fact, tonight I am actually going in front of the county school board um, with some ammunition and the and the the wrappings of, of of the snacks that my kids collect from school. So so in the school they offer a lot of unhealthy snack foods. Oh, interesting. And um, and I'm just trying to educate people of, of why these are not good and about the options. So my point was there's options. So my yes. kids want fruit roll-ups. I don't really get the typical fruit roll-ups, you no. know, the, 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 the yeah. brands that everybody knows. I get the fruit roll-ups that are sweetened with, you know, real, real cane sugar instead yes. of high fructose corn syrup. Yes. They, they have beet extract for the red dye instead of oh, getting the red dye in there, you know. Great. And they still like cereal. Honey Nut Cheerios doesn't have any sure. fructose corn syrup in it. So the yep. thing is, it's all about mitigating yes. the junk that's out there. It's not about totally. eliminating it, especially if you have kids. You just have to mitigate it. And, and now more than ever, there are so many more options than there were 20 years ago in terms of, of you know, junk food is what I want to call it. Yes. There are healthier we're versions of the junk food. Which is so great. I'm so glad that as a society, our consciousness is going in the direction of realizing mm -hmm. how these companies are trying to skim 
and use low quality ingredients to make money so that they can sell us things that get us more addicted to eat more of those things. And then yeah. it's just a negative cycle, but there's a way out. And I'm, I love that you're coming at this with a balanced perspective. You're not telling your kids to not eat any junk food at all, but to view it in a very positive light so that they appreciate the food that they get to eat and the junk food that they get to eat. And then mm-hmm. have this very healthy relationship with food. I'm trying hard. I'm trying hard. And and it's a battle because they have birthday parties. They have, you know, the school snacks, they have the ice cream parties. And, and the thing is, you know, I can control it at home and that's where I need to, because they spend the majority of their time at home. Yes. And that's so So. great. Um, And that's all that you can ever do because they're going to be adults one day. And Mm -hmm. without you being around, they can't just be like, okay, well, now I I don't know what to do anymore. You're literally training them and their bodies to respond in a certain way. I love it. Um, I feel like we need to do a part two and really get to know so much more of your history and your story. Um, But this was a lot to consume in one time because you're just Mm -hmm. so good at teaching um, about this. Thank you for letting me interview you today. Thanks for the question, John. I appreciate it. Yes, of course. Talk soon. Talk soon. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you know anyone who would like to listen, please share it. If you would be willing to submit a review, I would appreciate that too. As a thank you, I have a special freebie for you. It's my guide to alternative sweeteners. It has been said that sugar is a silent killer. If you are looking to decrease your amount of sugar intake or learn how to use natural sugar substitutes in your cooking and baking, I have this super sweet guide, no pun intended, that I created especially for you. In it, I have included 10 natural sugar substitutes that you can use in your kitchen. Plus, I list glycemic indices if you are watching your blood sugar levels and ratio substitutions so your work is done for you. Go check it out at subscribepage.com backslash sweetguide. I'll list the link in the show notes too. It's free.